Hey gang, welcome to the Gift with Purchase podcast, co-hosted by Jenny Lee and Ashlyn, where we focus on young adults and their walk with Christ by diving into the Bible together. Here we discuss what God and life have to offer for young adults. Now, let's dive into His Word together. Hey gang, you're listening to the Gift with Purchase podcast. I'm Jenny Lee. And I'm Ashlyn. And today... Oh, wait, 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 wait. I have something to tell you. Um, okay, you seem kind of eager, but yeah, go for it. I hope you know CPR, Jenny Lee. Because you just took my breath away. <laughs> what in the world are you talking about? You know, I ought to complain to Spotify because you are not named this week's hottest single. What? What are you? What are you talking about? I'm giving you some great pickup lines. Pickup lines? Why? Why are we talking about pickup lines? Because I love them. Well, and pickup line? No, pickup lines are usually like dirty and gross. Well, you got to get ready because you know Valentine is coming up, and I'm gonna need you to have a date for my wedding. Mm-hmm. Val- Valentine's is like six weeks away. Well, it's close. Okay, I don't want just some stranger. Mm. But anyway, okay, so those are those aren't your jam. I get it, I get it. So I'll, I'll give you some G-rated ones. You ready? G-rated, godly rated. Oh my! <laughs> oh, so Jenny Lee, I now know why Solomon had seven hundred wives. Why? Because he never met you. Oh my gosh! Jenny Lee, Jenny Lee, Jenny Lee. I don't know if I can handle this anymore. Because we are Baptists, I have to tell you this. All right, last one. Because we're Baptists, are you ready? I guess the word says, give drink to those who are thirsty and feed the hungry. So how about dinner? Wow. You know what? (laughs) Any guy, any of you guys listening, maybe like the two of you, if you've ever used one of these pickup lines, you need to drop to your knees and ask for forgiveness like right now. And if any of you even think about using one of those, I'm going to be praying for you. You know what? But there there was a guy at George's when we actually did go out for dinner who gave us a pickup line. You remember that? Yeah, it was actually it was really funny. And I wanted to pray for him, too. I mean, <laughs> Ashton and I had just got done working out. And what do you do after you work out? Yeah, go eat. You go eat. And we were walking into the gym, you know, in our in our gym gear and the sky apparently had been in happy hour and was walking out. And he's like, hey, girls. You work out because you're looking good. And Ashlyn and I, being naive because we had worked out, we're like, yeah, we did. And we were like, happy you noticed. But we, then we took two steps and realized, oh, he wasn't complimenting our workout efforts. So pickup lines, though, they really are sad. <laughs> I think they're awesome. But what do you think about pickup lines? They, they're kind of, if you think about it, it's kind of like the same thing as witnessing. <gasps> yes, because you have to make the first move. Yeah, but that's, or of course, there's always the thing about should girls make the first move or guys make the first move when it comes to pickup lines. But then I guess you should I'm, try it out. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about witnessing? Yeah, I'll do that first. But yeah, so they're the same. You just got to, you know, get yourself out there. It's like sharing his word, witnessing. You know what's funny? I read one alarming finding in Christianity with Gen Z. I found, I saw it in the Barna study. I love Barna studies. They discovered that Gen Z is almost twice as atheist than the millennial generation. What? Yeah, it says Gen Z is the least Christian generation in American history. And that was an article, actually, that was an article on in Mission Network News. Well, that's a little crazy. I mean, there are a few reasons why I think that would be, though. So, Gen Z... 
Well, really everyone. They have the spirit of getting into people's personal space. And while I say that, I'm getting into Jenny Lee's personal space, but it's okay. You did that earlier with the pickup line. That was in my that was my boundary box. That was my personal space, your pickup lines. But you see how I'm not fearful of this? I don't feel like people should be fearful of witnessing to other people. Because at the end of the day, we all have a bubble, but sometimes it just needs to be popped with a little bit of Jesus. Wow. Your illustrations really, it's vivid. This is a podcast. We need them to be able to imagine what we're saying. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, so the fear of rejection then. That's why people are reluctant to share fear of rejection. I also think the fear of not being knowledgeable enough. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. There are a lot of people who think you have to get a whole degree in Bible. And while that is really awesome, that's what I want to do just for funsies, not because I want to be a minister or anything. But In order to witness, they think that you have to be this super educated person and you have to know everything because if you have a question about anything or you can't answer a question, then you can't witness. While that is honorable, you want to be able to know what you're talking about. There's no way to know everything in the Bible, even if you are this person who has gotten all the degrees in the Bible. Mm -hmm. The Bible is the living word. Mm-hmm. Not that it changes. The Bible never changes, just like mm-hmm. God never changes. Yeah. But you can interpret it differently based on the situation of life that you're in. Definitely. So that's why I think a lot of people in that sense, they leave the word to their pastors or their church staff. That kind of goes along with it. That is not what we're supposed to do, though. Yeah. But I'm thinking also, you Ooh, know, shyness, yes, definitely. And then... Think about this, like some people you're reluctant to share to the people that you're around every day are your coworkers. Not everybody works in like a in a church or some organization that's Christian based, you know. Everybody, I mean, they're out in the open and you, you know, it'd be kind of scared to share with a coworker. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the extroverted person persons that we are, it is really not that big of a deal. I think I mean, it is just as easy for me to say, oh, my gosh, I love Jesus, Mm -hmm. as it is to say, oh, my gosh, I worked out. Yeah. You wouldn't know that looking at me, but I do enjoy working out as long as I don't run. (laughs) (laughs) You just have knee issues. You're getting old. Your joints are hurting. I took my vitamin D. It feels a lot better. Okay. Well, I also think as far as witnessing, though, when you're in an environment and you know what, it's not only at work, let's say your home is a, you know, all Christian and you can get creative. You know, I'm a creative person. We're both creative people and you can get creative, like listening to Christian music around that person. That's my jam. Definitely. You can play Christian music or you can play a Christian podcast. Hashtag gift with purchase. Podcast. Yes. yes. And it just, I think it shows a person that you can live a Christian life outside of a church. What? Yeah. That is unfathomable. Uh, Wow. (laughs) So anyways, you can definitely use social media. I mean, people say, oh, I follow you on social media. That sounds kind of freaky, but you do. You follow them on social media. You can see what their likes are. You can see stuff like that. But you can also see on social media, yeah, like bands, hobbies, and sports, You know, you can see things about them and it might help you understand this person more. Right. Like if you were to look at my profile, you see all the bands I love, like Relent and Disciple. Well, yeah, so you can get creative. And then like think about like I'm all a clothing person, you know. So if I saw somebody wearing a Baylor T-shirt or something like that, you know, I'd be like, hey, so do you go to Baylor or did you go to do you like Baylor football? You know, I go to the games all the time. 
you know, stuff like that. You can definitely find a way to talk to them. So being creative. But then in the same sense, if you're creative and able to talk to a person, why why do you think that people say no? Well, a lot of people are fearful of being judged mm-hmm. by others, especially people at the church, because mm-hmm. we're known for that. I hate to say it, but we just are. And people don't like being judged, which is why we see a lot of controversies in today's world. Yeah, and they also, they also think like God is out to get them. I mean, I remember on my first mission trip, I was in Spain, and we were there, and this guy happened to be walking past me, and I was like, some Arabic phrase, I can't remember what it is, but they, they taught us an Arabic phrase, and it was something like, hey, can I speak with you? And he, in return, in perfect English, said, no, thank you, I don't like you. And I was, I mean, it was upsetting, yes, but I was thankful he said it in English, honestly. It's because like Solomon, he had never met you. Oh my, it's never ending. (laughs) Wow. So yeah, I mean, people think Christians are hypocritical. That happens a lot. But then they also, people, once again, you'll hear every week and you know, you hear these, it's an excuse, but everybody says I got burned by the church. Now you have to remember, we're all humans. Christians are human. So yes, sometimes those people, us people are hypocritical, but also When you're burned by the church, you're burned by the church members. We talk about that in another podcast. Go listen to it in depth. But the church is not what burns you. It Mm -hmm. is the people. I'm not saying they're justified. I'm not saying you're justified. I'm just reminding you it's not Jesus. Right. And some people use, of course, in many things, people use Jesus as a scapegoat. Always, you know, like Jesus told me to do this or I did this. I quit my job because Jesus told me. And it's like, don't use him as a scapegoat, you know. They could tell who they want to be their significant others. I prayed for you. We might have to put this on pause because I really want to punch her in the face like right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so another thing, just like it is to be a Christian and share, it's also if somebody is witnessing to you and to be the recipient. So somebody might say no because of their friends or because of their family, because it's a mm-hmm. big step for them. And they just they might feel that they get judged by family as much as friends. And I think that's that is kind of scary. Yeah, but you got to remember that no matter what, at the end of the day, all the people on earth and how they feel about you can never amount to how God feels Mm -hmm. about you and what God thinks about you. God loves you. God loves you because he made you. God loves you because he put his spirit inside of you if you are a believer in him. But you have got to make God happy before Mm -hmm. you make anyone else happy. And we have both learned those lessons with our own family, with our own friends, many, many times. Mm -hmm. Because we just don't get the point, at least for me. But being worried about what your friend's family might think is a good thing. You should care about what they think. But you should care more about what God thinks and what he wants for you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Now, here's a question. I got a question for you. Okay, so sharing at the gym, sharing at the park, you know, that's that seems like an easier, less stressful environment. But especially if you have a dog. Yes. But what about sharing with believers in an ungodly environment? Well, I wouldn't think that the gym or the park is a godly environment. I mean, you're surrounded by nature either way. Could be like beautiful sculpted bodies or beautiful trees. So you're saying everything, everything can be an ungodly environment? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the church could be an ungodly environment. It is what the people around you make it. But that is true. (laughs) I hate to say it like that. Don't get me wrong. We don't go to a church like that, but there are unfortunately churches like that. But it doesn't matter what situation you are in. You are called to be the light. In Matthew 5, we are told to be the salt and the light. The salt is what creates a flavor Mm -hmm. in everything it has been put in. And the light 
illuminates the darkness. You know, darkness is just a void of light. Mm -hmm. And we are called to be the light that is a reflection of God. Like the moon reflects the sun, we are to reflect God. So no matter where you are, you can make your environment a godly one. Right. But the thing is, first and foremost, you need to pray first. You got to pray first. When you get up in the morning, just pray, Lord, help me be the servant that I should be. Be like you. Be like Christ. Like, pray continually. That's what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. You know, pray continuously. But then don't pray for certain individuals. Make sure you pray for everyone. You know, I have... At the grocery store? Yeah. That wouldn't get out of my way? Especially in the parking lot. Yes. I I pray for myself in the parking lot because I get severe anger issues in the ATB parking lot. That's another podcast because I could go on and on. But yes, pray continually out of everyone you meet. There are certain people, of course, that I know. And I'm like, I really, really, Lord, I wish they would find you. Right. But you know what? I wish everyone would find you. So definitely do that. One thing I do know is that people I do know really appreciate a non-judgmental approach in the sense of, I find, you know, like non-believers, whether it's at work, my neighbors, classmates, friends of mine, et cetera, they like the non-judgmental mentality. You know, I have a fear, I have a really dear friend of mine who I love always, and we always talk and she's like, I love how you don't judge me. And she'll say it all the time. And finally, one time I got to it and I was like, how can I judge you? You know, we don't believe in the same things. And the only person that I can truly, you know, judge is my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And in the and people don't realize earthly you think judge, but biblically it means keep accountable. Right. You got to make sure you're on the same track, going towards the same goal of being as Christ-like as possible. We are never going to be perfect, but we can steer each other in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So I find, and one thing I've been sharing, one, of course, you carry your cross daily, and that's how you share and witness. Like, we keep saying that. But I feel if people are more open about themselves, they are open to them. So one thing I live by is being vulnerable brings the vulnerable. And I realize once I share more about myself, and, you know, testimonies are great ways about witnessing. Would you agree? What's testimony? Testimony, it just talks about your life and how the Lord has worked in your life, maybe all yeah. the struggles of your life and how the Lord helped you over, overcome them and be more. And, and this shows that you are human and it shows that you have struggles and that the Lord has helped you because they might struggle with the same thing or they might see something and be like, wow, you know, that's that that seems pretty tough. And you're, you're now here, you know, you're here with a smile on your face, even though you have this horrible past. I mean, that's yeah. what a testimony does. Yep, it sure does. And it is the ultimate way of being vulnerable, it just shows every, I mean, depending on how deep you get with your testimony, it just, it opens up layers like an onion of your soul, of your past that for most, it wouldn't, most people wouldn't really know. Mm-hmm. And the more, not saying you have to tell your life to every single body, but as you get to know an individual you get to know, well, there are parts of my life that I know kind of parallel with this person's. Mm-hmm. And this is a good route for me to start ministering to them because I can say, I used to do the same thing, but here's how God helped me out because I knew it wasn't really right. Right. And I think one thing, if you, let's say you do the first step, you're able to talk to somebody. Let's say they're intrigued or kind of have more questions that's the perfect chance to, hey, hey, would you like to meet with me? I mean, so what is a great neutral meeting place, would you say, if let's say you're ministering or witnessing someone? Food. Food. Coffee or tea for you non-coffee drinkers, you weirdos. Going to get food. Because we're Baptist. Going to a park. Park. Parks are fun. They are so fun. 
I was able to minister or at least witness to uh, someone at my gym. I was over there doing wall squats, oh, literally. Gosh. And I was was like, my thighs were burning. And I'm like crying because they hurt. And maybe she thought that they were tears for the love of the Lord, which, you know, I'll gladly do. But I was able to talk to her and she was able to tell me how, you know, her experience was with Christianity and how it was no longer in her life. So even though she didn't get down on her knees and ask for forgiveness, I was able to talk to her, you know, and it was just, it was a great feeling for me. So I felt like I was doing what the Lord wanted me to do. And it was a, it was a great feeling because I knew that next day I had worked my thighs and I felt so much better. You multitask well. Yes. I would have just been screaming inside of my head. So, yeah. So there's all this stuff. I mean, but there's so many, you can minister anywhere. Um, would you want to go to a bar and like have like a margarita ministry? You know, it's, it's totally doable, but mom, probably not the most ethical. I don't know. A margarita every now and then sounds good. But you got to remember in the Bible, it also tells us that we should always be sober of mind. It doesn't say we shouldn't necessarily drink. And that's a whole nother podcast right there. Oh, Oh, man. But we should be sober of mind. And that is for instances like this. And we live in the great state of Texas. You have to be under a certain drinking limit in order to drive. And if you're at a bar, you obviously have to go home. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to follow the law too, but you got to be sober in mind so that you can be prepared for anything that comes your way. Mm-hmm. Also good reasoning. If you don't love Jesus too, just stay sober in mind. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's why it says, you know, uh, Colossians four five through six, it says live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity might be kind of hard at a bar. So let your conversation be gracious in it attractive so that you know you will have the right responses for everyone i have attractive responses oh my gosh is that a because my mouth is attractive i had a lot of dental work okay you do you actually you yeah i've got a small vehicle inside my mouth no i i gotta i gotta well you have the metal so anyways but you know what if someone you witness to or have been witnessing to doesn't want to be near you anymore they ghost you. They don't want to be near you. They they want to stop meeting with you. Maybe they go. Maybe they'll ghost you, or maybe they say, you know, what, I I really can't handle this anymore. Well, you got to remember that you're not the one doing the saving. It is God who's doing the saving, and at the end of the day, we're just tenders to other people's faith gardens. In in the Bible, it is mentioned that we are. Do you remember what verse that is? First Corinthians three five through seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says, what after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God had been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. So when I read this, one thing comes to mind is who the heck is Apollos? Oh, you don't, you don't know who he is? No. Oh, I can tell you who he is. Uh, he was like this first century, like Alexandrian Jewish Christian. He's mentioned several times in the New Testament. And he was buddy, buddy with Paul, the apostle. You know, he played an important role in the early development of the churches and Ephesus and Corinth. So that's why he's, he's talking about planting a seed because Paul all throughout, you know, the New Testament, Paul's writing these letters. So who wouldn't want to be buddy, buddy with Paul? He was a bachelor. Hey, um, hey. Paul, and he was, yeah, he was a young adult bachelor, y'all, someone to follow. But Apollo's life and ministry is a testimony of a faithful minister to the Lord who, like, possessed, like, the zeal and, like, upright spirit 
which should serve as an example to all Christians. I mean, seriously. That's true. And one example that he shows us is like another point that I really like out of this passage, again, is 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 7, is that he made it relatable. Oh, definitely. These people were agriculturally minded. Not me. I kill kill succulents. We know. But it's okay. (laughs) She keeps herself alive. And her dad. It's great. But Paul knew who he was writing to. He made this an agricultural passage. You know, in today's world, he may have changed that up a little bit. But that is one way for us to witness and to use this example is to be relatable to those around us. Definitely. I mean, if somebody wants to know, like, if I, I could write probably a whole thing about shopping. And that's how I can relate to someone. Sounds awful. Sounds wonderful. Especially when it's a gift with purchase. That's great. Okay, Ashlyn's rubbing off on me on these cheesy comments. <laughs> so yeah, when instead of spoke of Apollos and Paul, great testimonies right there about sharing and how one can grow. So the takeaways today are witnessing may, may not work like pickup lines, right? Pickup lines a lot of times work though. Uh, I disagree. The second thing would probably be do not fear rejection. You just, you can't fear it like you dudes, you know, don't use a pickup line, but asking out a girl, hey man, that's a great step. You can definitely use a pickup line. Don't always listen to Janine. Um, I disagree on that one too. But the worst they can tell you is no. So again, don't fear rejection. Right. And one major thing, don't give guesses if you are approached by a pagan, you know, non-believer. I find that we do more damage by giving guesses. Like if somebody asked you a question about the Bible and you kind of gave them a guess or something, no, that, that, that can do more damage. We have so many resources. You have resources in your pocket with your phone. So if someone were to ask you a quick question, you could go right there and be like, you know what? Let me see. And you know what? Maybe you don't have your phone on you. You can be like, you know what? That is a very good question. I don't know that. If I were to find that out, you know, we could definitely discuss it together. And then they'll realize, hey, this Christian person doesn't know everything. Maybe they're human. Yeah. And that means there's maybe something to this Christianity thing. And then they can meet up for that coffee, you know, all that good stuff and just, you know, talk. Right. And we're not going to have all the resources or all the answers ever. I mean, just like I said earlier, it doesn't matter how many degrees you have. You're not going to know all the answers. Mm -hmm. It is a living word that we follow as Christ followers. And it doesn't change. But as you grow older and wiser, you learn more and more. Definitely. And but first and foremost, pray. Like we said, take away, pray, pray, pray. Pray for yourself that you may continue to live in his word, that you are able to share that word, and that you may share that word and not get a response what you want. Like you said, you planted this, you know, the seed is there. And then maybe someone else will be able to help out as well because we are all collectively children of God. Right. And another Last takeaway is you may not realize that you're witnessing without physically speaking to that person, but as long as you're carrying your cross daily, it doesn't matter. If you are, I want to say it as if, as if you're playing your part, this is not a theatrical act, but if you are doing what God called us to do, which is simply love God first Mm -hmm. and love your neighbor as yourself, you're golden. That's all it takes. I think that is a great way to finish today. Wait, 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 wait. I got another thing I need to say. Okay, go for it. Okay. So, hey, Jaylee. Hey, Ashlyn. (laughs) You know, you must be a real fisherman because you really reeled me in. Okay. 
we're wrapping this up. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening today to the Gift with Purchase podcast. Once again, check out our social media platforms because we love to hear from you. All right, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye, y'all. Peace. Hey, friends. Thanks again for spending time with us today. If you want to find out more or share our podcast with your family and friends, you can find us by searching Gift with Purchase podcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can also email us at giftwithpurchasepodcast at gmail.com. We love and appreciate y'all so much. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next week.